0: all right welcome everybody to the lumber word first of all i Bird. want to i want to get out of the way what i haven't done correctly in the last few ones is um welcome and thank our audience for watching so uh our, as we are our, our, our growing audience our growing audience as we are a burgeoning show we're growing budding and uh we want to thank all of our viewers that watch. What about our
1: sponsors, Ash? Should we should we thank our sponsors
0: also? Well, I'd, I'd like to thank we... our sponsors also. But first of all, for everybody in the home building, the retail uh, lumber industry, the industrial lumber industry, the offsite construction industry, hedge funds, anybody that watches us, uh, it's amazing. I know Greg, myself get all kinds of questions every week from people. And I'm like, that person was watching our show. I'm kind of a uh, Kind of feel pretty good about that. Matt, you and I have talked about it. So, first of all, welcome. P- P- Ashley, people ask me, they go, "Oh, you really you do that?" I, like, how how many people watch
1: it? I go, "You know, we're not challenging Joe Rogan yet." Tens
2: of hundreds of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the tens of there there you go. But uh, <laughs> more than a
2: handful. More than a handful.
0: Yeah, but so I'm not challenging
1: uh, Joe Rogan yet.
0: I, I wanted to get get that out of the way and. um And and just just thank everybody on that. And if you want Greg, Matt, and I uh, to do a live podcast at one of your industry events, which we have been starting to get requests potentially to do, uh, we we can do that. Think about that. Imagine this in your head, the three guys from the Lumber Channel getting together and sitting up and talking about lumber economics on a stage. Wouldn't that be more fun than listening to an economist talk about something with charts and pie graphs? And you know why? It's because we
1: we adhere to the principle, if uh, we can't dazzle you with our brilliance, we baffle you with our bullshit. So let's exactly. get it.
0: So with that, I'll segue Greg into the disclaimer. We are three <laughs> lumber dudes that at the end of the day can be wrong many times. So don't take any advice from us. Anything that we talk about are, are things that we we do these, on our are our, own, these are our own opinions. These are our own what? opinions and we'll tell you if we're talking about something if we own it or don't own it uh, so we're not trying to create any um, opaque or, or darkness here. We're here simply to uh, to be a little bit stylish.
1: I mean you know I you mean know, part of the whole idea that we had was we'd start talking you know, when you talk about the things that are affecting the market and you have differing opinions, then it you know it helps you become a better trader, have a better understanding of the industry. I hope that we don't become an
2: echo chamber, the three of us. You know, we need to guard against that. We operate in different markets and we trade different regions and different species. I mean, here, I, my whole life I've been a Western trader. I trade hell. You know, I'm like one of the last guys in North America that trades Ponderosa pine dimension. That's a dinosaur, right? And it's um, a white one, and, right? As yeah, Woods. it's just it's just something that it's a niche. It used to be something that was produced and was reported on Random Links print when I was a rookie. You know, there was a ponderosa pine column. Uh, that's long gone. So you know, my experience and my my uh, regional experience is totally different than yours, right? And I work for a Western sawmill. We produce a lot of green dug fir and hem fir. I mean, these are things that have nothing to do with spruce per se. On the other hand, Greg, you represent an Eastern Spruce sawmill, and you're a Euro importer, mostly on the East Coast. So there's no way we're going to have tunnel vision with each other just based on that alone. Now, Ashley, that's another story. We'll we'll get to that (laughs) later. (laughs) Well, you know, I've I've co-opted He's the FNG as far as I'm concerned. He's been around for 30 years, but he's still the FNG. And if you don't know what FNG is, just look it up on YouTube or Google.
0: I don't even know what FNG is, so I'm going to have to look it up.
2: OK, uh, <laughs> something,
0: so let, something new guy. Let's uh, let's go into a little bit of, real quick. And, and Matt sent me an email over before and it made sense. So We want to keep this fresh and new. So if there's something that people want uh, us to talk about, uh, send us a note and we'll talk about it. But uh, again, thanks for everything. So a little summary from last week. It's uh, it's crazy. It's already Wednesday. right? So last week, Matt Greg and I got together. Uh, I wasn't expecting a lot in the market last week, and uh, we talked back and forth. But I'll, I'll be darned if we didn't have a great week of shipping out of our particular reloads and in, uh, in the southeast, in the northeast, um, our mill direct stuff. We were we were shipping a bunch of stuff, and I questioned whether it would follow through to this week. Yesterday had a good day of shipping and selling again. So I know in our little markets that we work in Matt uh, were pretty good weeks how about yourself
2: you know I had a good week it's steady I wouldn't say it's great or spectacular but again that's because of me not having some of the stuff that people want to buy but I ended up having a you know I sold a bunch of lumber last week and and even through Friday which kind of surprised me um, I figured Friday would just be a dud as everybody goes off to the lake cabin or go to the beach or mountains or whatever they're planning on doing for for Labor Day weekend but I sold a bunch of lumber on Friday, so that caught me by surprise a little bit. And then yesterday was just everybody's come back in the office. But today I'm back to being like on a normal, normal amount of inquiries and normal amount of business so far. So to me, it feels like the lumber market, the word that we use to describe today would be like sneaky. And I think I used some similar term last week that it's maybe it's not as bad as people want it to be. You kind of see it reflected in the board, too. Because we're pounding that $500 market, and everybody expect to go down and retouch that 480 level that it did last time, the previous low, and it just won't break through 500. Tells me something.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Matt, I am of the, you know, and have increasingly over the last while been of the opinion that the market is uh, at relative equilibrium, and uh, supply and demand are are pretty well balanced right here. They don't appear to be any any excesses anywhere in the pipeline. And perhaps there's some shortages, some places that pop up. And with that as the backdrop, it's gonna allow for steady business until something changes. And the, the, the question is, is there all of a sudden gonna be more production or is demand going to fall off? Is this a good way to segue
0: Ash into- uh... Yeah, let's, uh, so there's a, um... There's a famous Don Rumsfeld, uh, and, and no matter what you think about him, the actual quote is pretty good. Greg, I can uh, read you the quote if you want me to, or well, if, if this, you, you know, got for, it.
1: Our, for some of our younger viewers who may not know who Don Rumsfeld is, he was both the youngest Secretary of Defense when he was Gerald Ford's Secretary of Defense and the oldest Secretary of Defense when he was George Bush's Secretary of Defense. But during the Gulf War, he had this quote, Ashley, go ahead. Uh, and
0: I believe, Greg, he's also from Winnetka, Illinois, if I'm correct. He
1: is. He, you know, um, it's a, he's a homer. Yeah, yeah. he's a homer. He's, yeah. He grew so, up
0: down the street. Nutriere boy. He said, there are known unknowns and there are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things that we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns—the ones we don't know that we don't know. And that in that last one, that makes up most of my body of knowledge. And Greg, who are the most dangerous people in the world?
1: <laughs> exactly, the people who think they
0: know something and don't know that they don't know. And don't know that they don't know. So uh, I think have you we've... ever have you ever worked with any of those people, Ash? I don't know. Probably. I... I've actually, I've actually been that person sometimes,
2: and usually I, I think get put... as you get older, you start to realize that maybe it's best not to say anything. You know what I mean? When you're younger, you're like eager to be part of the crowd, and, and oh, I got to be relevant. I got to say something, to make me sound smart. Yeah. But then you, you know, you do that a few times, and, and shove your foot in your mouth. Like, yeah, man, well, maybe I should tone so down a little bit. I made bit. a little
0: list of known knowns. Okay, well, so my thought was we would go through and talk about the known knowns that we all have on our list, the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. So, Greg, kick it off.
1: Known knowns, housing starts. We've got a run rate through seven months of 1.45 million-ish, and we can probably interpolate that we're going to end up somewhere between a million four and a million five housing starts, which contrasts with... Last year, 1.665, and 21, 1.737. Like, no knowns. I know that right now, new home sales are making up one-third of the market versus an historical 10%, and that existing homes at a million units are 50% of what they were a year
0: ago. I know those things. So I know interest rates went from sub 3% to almost 8% in two years. Home builder stocks have risen and are the analysts' bright spot and they think that it's going to be continued to be a moonshot. Uh, although, Greg, you pointed out yesterday how the uh, builder's index was actually down a little bit off its high. Yeah, it's down 6%
1: from the high set a few weeks ago.
0: And uh, and I kind of will jump on yours. Existing home sales and mortgage refinancing are at historical lows right now, while the existing home sales are are very low because there's not a lot of inventory and new home sales continue to plot along. So I I know that.
2: Matt? I think my thought was, I know that people have low inventory because I keep getting orders and inquiries from other distributors. And I'm also getting swarmed by people I don't normally get swarmed by. So, you know, when you start to see names that from the past that you haven't heard from for six, eight months or a year or more, looking for something that everybody else has been looking for for the last three weeks then uh two by four number three 16s How about just two before anything 16. it doesn't really matter what the grade is
0: which but which by the way we we do own some of those <laughs> so uh we own them in our this is um, a, this is in the disclosure this is we, in the disclosure we own those in Got our lines buy a bunch we own those in our family trust or whatever that was that one that uh what's your your charitable charitable? your
1: charitable trust Uh uh-huh okay kramer
2: sorry sorry matt go ahead there's my known my known known is that people just don't have a lot of inventory laying around what do you know that you don't know matt well i know that volume of lumber coming in from canada is down year over year and it's like a 10-year low people don't realize It's been since like 2013 that the Canadians have shipped this low amount of lumber across the border year to date. And, you know, I've got data to prove it. I'm I'm not making this up. I've got charts and graphs and keep track of this kind of stuff. We
1: never challenge you on that you would make anything up, Matt.
2: No. So I know that that's true. But then we also know as a group that the European lumber flow is, is a lot lower than it was, you know, six months ago or eight months ago. And it appears as though it's back to more of an historical number and that it'll probably stay at that right. level. So what is that effect going to be in the fourth quarter and first quarter of, of this year and next year? That's something I don't know. Because I expect lower demand at the same time, right? And that's my personal opinion. But what if I'm wrong? What if demand actually goes slightly up? Right? So I mean, you know for...
1: that you don't know what demand's yeah, going to do.
2: I don't. And I don't think anybody does. We're going into an election year. There's all kinds of world stuff going on, we have no control over. And when when things are like this, and there's no obvious basis trades to be done in the board right now, there's no like layup deals just being presented to you on a day to day basis. Sometimes it's better just to go fishing, right? Like clear your mind. You know, don't take any undue risk, and just kind of chill. This is a good time of year to go fly
1: fishing, right? You know, start
2: get back in shape for ski season. That's coming up in three months. You know, like there's there's things that you can do besides grinding over lumber and trying to figure out the next angle. Or it's because, like you can
1: work on your fantasy football lineup for t- tomorrow night. Oh, right? yeah,
2: I quit doing that, man. You know, I lost a championship game by a half a point one year because Tony Romo got minus two on Monday Night Football. <laughs>
1: You got Romo, <laughs> huh? Okay. You know, I lost by has, a half point. Everybody has a story of like you know <laughs> how they got something blew up. That's for sure. Then he retired. You know, Ash, I know that I don't know what interest rates are going to do. Yep. I mean, everybody tells me what they think they're going to do, but as as this year's kind of proven is, there's been there's been surprises in that, and you know, I look at a seven and a quarter interest rate. What happens if that? drop down to six and a quarter, and what happens if that were to shoot up to eight and a quarter? Those are two completely different worlds.
0: Or if housing prices fell 20% to mitigate that mortgage rate staying at 8%, but nobody thinks that'll happen either. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things
1: that's always guided me over the years is there's a couple in that, what if you can figure out where everybody is in their thought process about the market, uh, if you can get a, a, an overwhelming consensus, then you know. Then, then I know that I should look for something else to happen. The other thing is that when I look at the, the when I look at the market, one of the big things that influences it is what is people's perception of what the future is going to be. What are what does the marketplace expect to happen, and then. Is there a difference between what people's expectation and what reality ended up being? I.e., to Matt's point, everybody in our industry continues to look for a slowdown because of all the things that we listed. So
0: we're consistently surprised when, when things are better than that, right? Aren't we feeling that way now a little bit? Like things are, I'm always surprised with how good things still feel in my world. Yeah. I'm talking well, about I talking mean, lumber. people are
2: still moving to Florida. People are still moving to Texas. People are moving to the South. This is a long-term pattern, right? Northerners exiting the North and moving to the South. It's been going on for 25, 30 years. But beyond that, you know, we have our own, and this is based on years and years and years of historical data, but our own knowledge of what the seasonality of lumber is, right? So we're coming into the lowest Pricing point of the year, historically, is going to be sometime in the next four months. Seasonal low for spruce
1: Lumber is the third week in October.
2: Right. And then you have, typically, there's uh, some kind of interest in that from speculators. And you'll have some rallies in the wintertime. You know, you'll have some people that, like, kind of old-fashioned speculators that'll load the boat when it's cold. And, you know, let the lumber sit for three or four months in the snow and freeze dry. So, you know, that usually happens. And last year, January was a perfect example of that. We started out the first half of January kind of like flat, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're rallying into February, right? We just remember that. We had a pretty significant rally in the first quarter. So uh
1: well, this doesn't year, surprise me that $150 happened. from January 15th to like February 15th. Yep. And then, yeah, and then we had another $100 rally from March 15th to April 15th.
2: Mm-hmm. And then another one in Jan- in July. Yep. June July. Mm-hmm. We're like one a quarter. <laughs> Basically that's yeah. kinda of what, <laughs> what it is. I guess it just tell and you know, these rallies have been really, relatively on an absolute number basis, manageable compared to the last two years with the massive volatility right. that we came out of. And so you would expect if you're just looking at this year how it's gone, you would expect more of that. So that would tell us that some point here between now and January first, there's gonna be a another hundred dollar rally. Right. I mean, you would think so, but the question, I guess that we don't know the answer to is, are we going to go down 50 first? Are we going to go nowhere first? Right. I mean, are we going to go up a hundred now? You know, I, I don't feel that way. Like in my heart of hearts, I'm not out there actively trying to buy a lot of lumber. Cause I think there's a hundred dollar rally right in front of us in September and October, but man, I've been surprised all year with the, um, The consistency of the market. And I'm speaking from a Western perspective, right? We're dealing with Western customers and Western markets and Western species. I don't know exactly if it holds up the same in the East. But yeah, I would say that as a company and as an individual, we've been pleasantly surprised with with
0: 2023. So, my uh, my known unknown is the cross border dispute between Canada and the United States. Is that okay to say it's a cross-border dispute or what should it's I only been going
2: that? on for like 130 years <laughs> yeah,
0: well, so here's here's what i know here's what i know there's eight to ten billion dollars does that sound right do i know it's sitting yeah. in is it the treasury department waiting to be decided upon whether it stays here or not i know that the last dispute the Canadians got somewhere around 80% back in a negotiated settlement. I know that. What I don't know now is if they're actually in talks and I don't know if they're going to get anything back this time. I've heard that they don't think they're going to get as much as 80% back, maybe as low as 40% back. That's just what I've heard in the industry. But I don't know. It's a big pile of money. It's a big pile of money. It's a big pile of money. So that's one thing that I, that I, I, that's a known unknown for me. The other one is I know that there is a shutdown cost and a cost of production at all the mills around North America, Europe, but I don't know what the shutdown cost is versus the cost of production. And I hear numbers all over the place, and I know it's different regionally, and I know there's higher cost and lower cost. So I think it'll be interesting to see. That plays out because one thing I know is there's probably some mills running in some places right now on limited shifts that are not making money. And I think we talked about that for the last three or four months. And I guess my unknown is how long do they continue to do that for? Right. And it goes back to what Greg said at the beginning of it. I think supply and demand and what Matt said about the European stuff is probably closer. These mills have become very capable at riding the clutch when they need to and and pulling off that excess amount of inventory and i think they're doing a pretty good job well, doing my it. questions is what impact the fires both in eastern and in
1: western canada are going to have on production going in the fourth quarter it's it, it's it's a t- kind of a double-edged sword is there a whole bunch of salvage timber that becomes available that needs to get cut and it's a lower cost or is there log supply issues as a result of that that's That's an, I guess that's an
2: unknown unknown for me. I think it's known at least partially known because the log prices in Canada just keep going up. Right. And you've got mills that historically just ran spruce. That's all they ran. Now they're running Doug fir. some are even running cedar from time to time. You know, one of the mills that we deal with in BC runs hem fur for the first time ever in the last year and it's just about log availability so like they're they're having to change their production based on what they can buy in their little region where in in the past that was like 100 percent spruce now they'll, they'll be producing three different species just to keep the mill running and that tells you everything you need to know about uh bc i'd be kind of more curious about alberta because there were some pretty nasty fires in alberta and alberta has been relatively immune from the pine beetle destruction and you know that's why i I think a lot of the bc mills started buying assets in alberta over the last you know 15 years because it had been relatively immune from the pine beetle you know that's why miller Western went to Canfor and fraser bought you know hinton and all that stuff but because the forests aren't near as plentiful on in you know you're talking about a, a much smaller geographical range in, in alberta than than bc so good
0: point matt um let's go to the number three which is going to be really fun the unknown unknowns who wants to kick that one off unknowns unknowns are uh easy i don't know
1: i don't know what i don't know <laughs> i mean you know i think it's a lot i think it's a lot but I
0: don't know that it's a lot. It could not be as much as I thought it was. Mine is what I put on here. I don't really know anything. That's the beginning of wisdom
1: right there, Ashley, is accepting that you don't really know anything is that's how you start to have wisdom.
0: It's called killing your ego, right? I have a hard time with that, but I'm working on it. I don't have any. Government intervention. I don't know if the government is gonna put $4 trillion in the economy again. I didn't see that coming in 2019 or 20. Right? These are all things you don't know a hand of God. Hey, like, a, hey, some so kind I of hear event. that
1: they're, they're 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 trying to gin up the whole COVID thing and like you know again, how you feel about that? You ready to mask up again?
0: Not, gonna, no, do I'm not it. gonna do it. Hell no, we won't go. No. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna do it. Not gonna fly in a plane if I have to. That's just me. My, you know, I know. My wife probably feels different about it, but I mean, you're not going to be like, you're not going to be like wearing the mask in your house or in your car when you're driving by yourself. You're not going to do that. Well, we're planning a trip to Europe in two months. So if we do that and I have to put it on, I may not have a choice. (laughs) But in my mind, I won't want to do it. Things that we have no control over. Uh, So for as far as lumber prices go, I mean, we've all seen some big moves happen in our lifetime on events that we never saw coming. And that's the unknown unknown about it. And that's one reason why uh, it's important to keep information all the time, to be nimble, to be an intelligent trader and know when to react to something and when not to react to something, right? And so I think the unknown unknowns are one things as as Matt and Greg, you put as as we get more seasoned in our trading years, we expect those things happen sometime and we know that we can only react to them when they do happen. That yeah. makes sense.
2: My thing about The unknown, unknown is just the world economy, the Fed, you know, what are they going to do? What about consumer sentiment? I can see with my eyes what's going on here locally. There's fewer cars on the road and there's fewer people going to vacation destinations in in Oregon. This is confirmed. You know, this is things I see. There's, there's, I think people are just buttoning down on what they're spending their money on because it's just the cost of living keeps going up. And, you know, the, the American consumer is a fickle animal. So I don't, you know, and then what is China's economy that has world implications that we have no control over? I, are they going to come roaring back next year? Or are they going to just collapse? I mean, who knows? So then you've got an election coming up too in a year, yet a little over a year from now, and election season starting to heat up. heat all the rhetoric from that. Does the current administration want to alter monetary policy based on an election coming up i don't know i mean these are all things none of us really knows the answer to but we're going to find out it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out honestly i'm it's kind of a fascinating time to be in the market i mean the one thing you want to keep an eye on
1: is uh oil pushing back up towards 90 bucks a barrel i mean i've I've
2: heard it they're expecting to go to 107 here. Yeah, so
1: I mean, I, I think, I mean, that's the kind of thing that can be like a real whammy at this point. So you want to sure. keep your keep your head on that. And then, I mean, really, what you want to do is keep your eye on my cubbies. I mean, yeah? this could be good? this could be really special this year. What could about be the special. Bears?
2: Are they going to be any good? What's that? Are the Bears going to be any good?
1: Uh, Bears are going to be 10 and seven this year.
2: It's which is wow.
1: since they only won, I think, three games last year. It's going to be a banner year. Yeah,
2: that's awesome. They're going to make it the playoffs.
1: That having been said, I have no bears on my fantasy teams, so you know, I, I'm not putting my I'm not putting my money there. That's for sure.
2: Did you draft Ashley? I heard he's going back in. He's eligible for the actual draft still. I'm training
0: for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey Matt, your back the background. Can you tell us what your background is? It's up a the harbor in
2: Richmond, British Columbia. So I took that about ten years ago from the hotel i was staying at when i was visiting i was visiting the canadian office i think i went up there for some bc wholesale function and uh yeah no that's a beautiful little harbor background of vancouver bc it's an yeah, actual unfiltered i need to, go, I, have to like talk raise, to that at all.
1: My, raise my tech savvy so that i can get like some sort of a cool background <laughs> to be uh to be hip instead of just having like you know whatever this garbage is behind me <laughs>
0: Well, look everybody we're up against a half an hour here i um a, again so i thank the uh audience but i also want to thank matt um from hampton lumber sales matt comes on uh every week uh puts in some solid information again matt and i have known each other forever along with greg and uh, greg thank you very much for also participating um we get a lot of good feedback how, how we're all doing a great job and so we should all reach over our back pat ourselves and uh and keep it over. What we're really trying to do is help give the industry information that has been um great parts of our lives, and has created the lifestyle that we can live. And we want everybody to, to do Amen. the same thing. man, yeah. so, Hey, thanks, guys. Awesome. Have a good one. Uh, Cheers. Right. Yep. Take yep. care. Have a good one, guys. All right.